Hi, friends. I'm Mandy. And I'm Missy. And we're the Wayward Homesteaders. In this podcast, we will talk about homesteading and homeschooling. We will cover topics like food preservation, gardening, unschooling, and all the things we enjoy doing with our families. Grow with us as we talk about creating a homestead full of poop, plants, permaculture, and everything in between. Hey everybody, this is Mandy from Chapel Forge. This is Missy from Homesteading. Today we're going to be talking about no waste. I get a lot of questions about this. People send me random pictures of leftovers and nonsense from their kitchen and ask me what to do with it, which is fine. I love brainstorming about that. Or that. Um, I love brainstorming about that kind of stuff. Um, And no waste can really be taken as far as you want it to. So I did a YouTube video a couple weeks ago, maybe a month ago, about um, getting, quote, free feed for your chickens. So, you know... I try to obviously offset our feed bill as much as much as possible. Um, so like during the fall, I always advertise at least like once or twice a week. Hey, I'll take your straw bales and your hay bales from your fall decorations. I'll take your pumpkins and your gourds and all that stuff. And I feed, um, you know, the pumpkins and the gourds to the chickens, the hay bales and the straw bales I use as bedding in the run to help you know, keep building my carbon diaper, which is basically just building up the the dirt and whatever that's there because we don't rotate our laying hens. So I really try to make sure that I just keep building that dirt up and it just gives them more things to root through and peck at and whatever. Um, this time of year, I, and probably this week, we'll be getting them heavy. People will be reaching out to me about their Christmas trees and their wreaths and their decor and whatever. Um, last year, our friend April um, went around and gathered up probably 20 Christmas trees and dropped them off in our driveway which was fantastic and we threw those all to the goat so I already have a list of people that said hey come get my tree it's at the end of my driveway I have some people that said hey I'll drop it off on my way to work or whatever um if you do get wreaths or trees make sure all the tinsel and ornaments and decorations and stuff are off them before you give them to your animals so no waste if you have animals I feel like no waste is so easy so most people start with like a small compost bin on their kitchen counter. That's the easiest way to start, whether you just have like a scrap bowl and you dump it every day, or like we have one of those little metal trash cans, which is personally my favorite, because if I forget to take it out, there's a lid and it doesn't stink as much. Um, So at our house, leftovers almost never go to waste. That's kind of like the king of recreating leftovers into something new, which I love. That's my favorite. I mean, if you follow us at all, you know that Zad's kind of our chef. I make sure that everything is stocked and he does the cooking probably 95% of the time. Um, And our chickens, and if we had pigs, this would really be the same, eat a lot of, you know, if whatever we throw on Zuzu's tray, so Zuzu is one and a half, whatever we throw on her high chair tray that she doesn't eat, that goes into the chicken bin. because And Jamie sometimes, because by the time they're done with it, it's got like floatings. (laughs) See if Missy's at our house. (laughs) You know, it's got floatings from the air. There are little slobbers all through it. I'm not real interested in putting that back in the fridge. So that goes to the chickens. And like I said, if we had pigs, it would go to them and whatever. Um, So if you want to start having a no waste household, I would recommend starting with a compost bin. Um, If you are putting it in compost, I... We compost really almost everything. I've really never had issues with anything not composting. Um, So if you have like plate scraps or whatever, they can go in there. Obviously, 
coffee grounds. I feed my coffee filters to my chickens. I know people are probably going to give me crap about that, but I just drop the whole thing right in there. But if you're going to compost it, right. Which is wood. If you're going to compost it, you can compost the coffee grounds, the filter, your tea bags, um, obviously any fruit and veggie scraps you can throw in your compost. Um, a lot of times people are like, oh, don't feed your onions to your chickens. Bull crap. I feed my onions to my chickens and they're just fine and I get a massive amount of eggs most of the year and they're delicious. Right. Like if they don't like it, they're not going to eat it. Chickens are not stupid. Right. They will not eat it if they don't want to. And then it'll compost into the ground. Or if they know that they shouldn't eat it right. and it'll hurt them, they won't eat 100%. it. 100%. Um, so, I mean, my chickens eat well during preservation season. They get any of the leftover messes, um, the bad spots, whatever. Our turkeys, too. When we and our them. turkeys. Now, since we've gotten a freeze dryer, the chickens do get a little bit less um, during preservation season because I freeze dry tomato skins and I use that and make into tomato powder. I freeze dry pineapple skins, strawberry tops, um, the skins of squashes, the onion skins, like none of that stuff goes to waste in our house. Um, almost everything is either into the freeze dryer and then we use it or, um, sometimes, you know, like the skins from limes or citrus or, um, anything like that. I use in my goat milk. So we burn a pot of applesauce because it's happened. Ugh. It's happened. It's happened. That goes to the they chickens. Get, they get a good, healthy vat of applesauce. So I always joke that, like, anything that we don't eat, we're going to eat as eggs. So we're eating it ultimately somehow. And if we're not eating it as eggs, we're going to eat it as the vegetables that we're growing in the garden because it's going in the compost bin, which is going to make dirt, and then we're going to grow in it. So um, some people probably think that I take no waste to the extreme, um, and outside of food, you know, Zad is also really, really good at repurposing things. And so once you sort of, okay, I'm composting. Now I have a small flock of chickens. They're eating things. I have a freeze dryer. I'm doing that. You know, if you want to take it outside of your house and take your quote carbon footprint, make it a little bit smaller, you know, Zad is really great at repurposing things into other things. And I've posted a lot of this kind of stuff like on Facebook and Instagram and whatever, um, and maybe you don't have that situation. Maybe you just live in an apartment or a condo or something and you just simply want to start with your food scraps. Another thing too, is if you don't have a garden, you don't have chickens, pigs, whatever, but you don't want to waste that stuff. I have friends that they get eggs from me once or twice a week and they literally bring a bag of scraps with them. My mom always has a chicken bag. She always says for her grand chickens in her fridge. Um, she's always loading that up with the scraps cause she knows I'm going to use them. Or like this summer when I think my dad did like, um, he did up like onions and freeze dried them for like um, French onion soup or whatever. Well, they didn't want the peel. They said, well, send them my way. I'm going to make them into onion powder. So if you start putting the word out there that you'll use this kind of stuff, we get asked, I'm telling you, once or twice a week, hey, could you use XYZ? And they drop it off in the driveway. Or hey, if you're going to be in Willow Street, or, which is like the town that's like 15 minutes away, and people know that we go there a lot because that's the where our parents are. Text messages or Facebook messages. All the time. Could you use this? Could you upcycle And this? it's great. And I love that we've like developed that kind of reputation. And it's, you know, a lot of times it saves us money. Like, for instance... <laughs> Sometimes what? I feel like we're the Sanford and Sons of the town. Oh, my gosh. You know, so we're at Missy and Jeremy's usually a couple times a month. Um, at our house, they sleep. Uh, like, we have a bed for them to sleep in. But here, you know, all the beds are spoken for. So, um, 
we had a friend that said, hey, I got a new mattress. They had a nice clean mattress or whatever. And he said, could you use it? And so we went, he's like, I really don't want to send it to the landfill, but trying to, you know, people selling mattresses, like get skeeved by it, but we know them, they're clean, whatever. And so we went and picked it up. We brought it here and it's perfect that we can use it at their house. So as far as how far you want to take no waste is up to you. And it's just like the conversation we had last uh, two times, two podcasts ago about, um, your pantry is start really small, start with a little bowl on your counter or whatever and build from there. Um, and again, if you want to have a conversation about how to not waste something, ask me because I probably have some idea about what to do. So if you are at the beginning of your no waste journey, then Missy is your girl to talk to because (laughs) she is, um, so you did a little composting in Florida. You had the worm farm. You know, you did a little bit of that. Worm farms are another great way to use up your compost, which I have two worm farms. Um, I have red worms and I have night crawlers and I feed them some of my scraps too. That's a really great way to use up that kind of stuff. Especially if you're on a small scale and you don't have room for chickens or something, worms are super small. Um, and you can and, take those worms and either use them for fishing mm-hmm, in or the garden. add them to your garden. Yeah. They're just beneficial in all ways. The, the worm or like tea. Missy had a great idea this morning. She was saying about adding worms to the compost, which I think is a great idea. The, the worm tea, which is the, the water that comes off of them, you can use that to water your plants. Mm-hmm. Uh, the casings, which is their dung, their waste. It's um, a dung. Would you prefer poop? We just like scat. Uh, you, know, right. you can take that, and that's very nutrient-dense, and you can add that into your soil or into your pots or plant starts um okay so missy's going to talk a little bit about her anxiety around no waste and how she's doing better with that she mentioned a little bit about how she's doing way better with leftovers um talk a little bit about how a freeze dryer has helped you change your mindset with that so go ahead so i tend to be a um, trash thrower awayer. um <laughs> my first instinct is to if you don't if it's done you don't use it throw it in the trash I've really tried to turn this around. Um, I think I struggle a lot too because I don't have animals right now that I have like in my mind, you know, whereas chickens, you know, if I open a banana, I'm going to throw it in the trash and I'm like, oh no, no, no. Like I'll go over now and I'll get it out of the trash, put it in the compost. Banana peel. Banana peel, sorry. (laughs) Uh, Sometimes the banana, depending on how brown it is. Right. How long has it been brown? Um, Right. Girls in the brown spot. So gross. Um, so I'm slowly training myself and it t- it'll take time. And like I said, I think once we have the chickens, it'll be more like, oh, this, they could eat this. You know, what else can I do with this? Um, but yeah, like when the kids have left or, you know, waste from dinner or whatever, I'm like, scrape it in the trash, put your plate in the, the sink and move on with yourself. You know, now let's scrape your plate in the compost. And I think I was like going composting by the book too much, whereas like you can't put meat in, you can't put grease in. And I'm like, well okay, I just made whatever tacos tonight and we have this leftovers and but there's lettuce in it and there's tomatoes in it, but there's also meat in it and there's also grease in it. So And I used to be that way too. I I was like a by the booker. Yeah. Like my mom has always taught us like, don't, you don't save eggshells like that harbors, um, or salmonella and Mm -hmm. all the, you know, so like putting eggshells into my compost I'm like okay so is this just a breeding ground for salmonella you know my kids when they take compost out are they touching you know so it's getting beyond a lot of the things that you're taught or that you've read and and right and thinking thinking more on the natural aspect of it like it's 
gonna turn into dirt like the earth right. is gonna take care of the e coli and um salmonella and all that crap like just just do it and like learn from doing it not that i want to like create botulism and anything that i preserve and like knock off one of my kids or something right. because that's not what i want to do you know we take all the all the precautions in doing this so besides all that like i've even with getting the freeze dryer now like i save carrot tops and i save um strawberry tops and make powders out of them and you know prior to this i don't know why but i guess it was because like the the dehydrator is not it's not a freeze dryer it's not a freeze dryer right like there's there's a little more work involved in it um i would tend to not do this because feel like doing the whole freeze drying situation. and that's not to say you can dehydrate your strawberry tops oh, and powder them yeah, yeah, yeah. but as we've mentioned right. we did a, a podcast on this you're gonna get more of a flake mm-hmm. than a powder right exactly yeah. yeah so there's just different different aspects of both um but i feel now like coming into okay i'm gonna be we're gonna be starting gardens from nothing you know so i want to have rich soil to add to my raised beds um we're gonna be having chicks come in march and you know i need to get in the the mindset of saving the food our scraps that kind of stuff that we would normally throw away to feed to the chickens because that's going to in turn lessen our feed costs um and like mandy said you know it's not it's not so much separating the things like the chickens aren't going to eat what they don't want or what they don't like and something else will come along and eat it or whatever well, they're going to compost it in their coop right or right. in their run by just scratching for bugs right and like just getting in my mind that like this is the natural process us throwing things away is unnatural yeah. you know like get back to the natural process build your own soil you know now we're going to have all this rich and hardy compost that we've made here on our property that we can put into our raised beds that we're going to turn around and eat the produce from and you know so it is it's it's a training your mind and just it's a habit it is a habit and it's just you know thinking through things more than just acting a way that you're used to acting like instead of just throwing it away in the trash can be like oh what else could you know i'll put it in the compost and it'll feed our chickens or it'll make us soil and so that's where i'm at whereas it's not as natural for me to throw something in the compost bin i need to get a bigger compost bin because my yeah, we fill it like every five minutes. Right. I, it was dumped this morning. It's already three quarters right. way yeah. full. I think the turning point for me, you know, mom and dad did compost, but when we lived in the borough and we got the compost from the township, mm-hmm. like that stuff came from everywhere, and who knows what's in mm-hmm. in there? And it was black gold. It was, mm-hmm. and it was really rich stuff. And then when we went to Florida, when we lived in Florida, oh we got the stuff from the Kyle. Right. And that stuff had everything in it from cigarette butts to... Oh. There was still trash bags. Well, and talk a little bit about the process you guys went through just to freaking find oh. compost yeah. and all whatever. It was yeah. soil, not sand, but dirt, soil that you Right, like contacting businesses. And, like, we... I mean, we had two raised beds. It wasn't a whole ton of area that we needed soil for, right. but they were what? How tall were they? Two feet, maybe? Four foot. Two feet two tall. Feet. Or two, two feet, feet tall. tall. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And, you know, so that's like good square footage of soil that we needed. And it's sand. I mean, there's yeah. nothing but sand down there. So we were like trying to find, you know, they don't have the townships. Like they right. do, but not as readily available here. Like we had to go. It was over an hour away. You know, our friend lived in that town. So he had gotten it for us. But like Jeremy said, you know, when we got this, 
There was we were pulling plastic out of it. There Ugh. was like plastic bags in it. There were cigarette butts. There was a dental flosser. Barf! It wasn't mine. Don't look at me. Because she always has one. It wasn't me. It was a love dropping. Right. I was like, this is not what we're wanting. And yeah, it grew some produce for us, but I don't know. It was just well. I mean, it. I mean, I. Watermelon. I was just gonna say you grew well, watermelons. <laughs> but what we did was we, you know, we had, we had our car, um, and we took contractor bags to the local horse barn to get free oh, manure. Gosh, I remember that. And you know we filled right with that, and you know, yeah, the 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 rich compost that we got wasn't uh, what we were used to being in Pennsylvania. But it still produced. I mean, right. radishes and, and carrots right. and stuff. And, but, you know, but just what I'm getting at is, you know, what we put into our compost here on the homestead, you know, all of that, you know, the eggshells and, and stuff like that. Just think of what, you know, like Manor Township was doing. Now, that was coming off the streets, so it had, you know, the grits and sticks and... All kinds of stuff, and that stuff was rich. And oh, it was a lot of it, leaves. When yeah, the leaf collection, they yeah, grind it, it up. Yeah. And, and it was clean. They they rotated it. There and, was no pesticides. Well, and they put whatever. a few screen filters. Right. Mm-hmm. And, so we're having a lot of conversation about compost bins, and I know a lot of times I've had conversations with people where they're like, "Well, do I have to turn it? And do I have to have one of those rotating things? And like, do I have to this? And do I have to this?" And I always tell people, "I'm like, you don't have to do anything. I'm like, you can literally have a pile in your yard. You can have a closed off bin. Um, you can buy one of those fancy rotating things or whatever." Um, so Zad's going to talk a little bit. We've done a few different types of compost bins over yeah. the years we had the pallet one we've had the ibc container we have the one that's just a big old pile so talk a little bit about that and what you were doing to help them get their compost pile so when we lived dog in proof Man- <laughs> township uh it wasn't even like an 18th of an acre I mean, no it was, it was probably an eighth of an acre it was it tiny was small it was tiny postage stamp um that's when we kind of started our journey i was working outside the house as a state constable mandy was working on the house so we were just trying to do what we could there. So there I just took four pallets and some brackets, L brackets, and screwed it together. And it worked good. And we lined it with uh, yeah, we landscape line, paper. We lined it with landscaping cloth to make it black and keep everything from falling outside of the pallet holes. Um, it we literally knew nothing when we built yeah, that. <laughs> yeah, really. I mean, just kind of use some. We, other. like, canned a few things, and we threw some stuff in the compost yeah. bin. That was literally the extent of our homesteading yeah, it wasn't anything special. It, and it was just... You know, so we weren't throwing as much out. The benefit to that one was when we're ready for it, I could just flip the the box that I made off and it was right there on the ground. And it cost nothing to Um, build. The downside to that is pallets are typically made out, or at least 90% of pallets are made out of pine. Pine's a soft wood and it will rot fairly quick. So that bin that I made didn't last very long. Actually, we still have it at the place we're at now but it's just sad we haven't taken the time to take the brackets off and that's the only reason we still have it because of the value in the brackets but it did its job for the time and season we were in you know if you live on a small piece of property like my in-laws and the stand barrel compost where you turn it and you spin it around 
is your speed and it's self-contained and all then that's great that work use what works for you uh, when we moved to this property I obtained an IBC container if you don't know what that is it's pretty much a plastic pallet with a metal cage around it and a food grade plastic bin that sits in it and so I cut the top of it out and we would throw all of our stuff in there and we take one of those garden claws that you see on TV kind of thing and just get in there and work it every once in a while or use a pitchfork to just kind of turn it to just help the decomposition of it go and we could open up the valve at the bottom and get the compost tea to then put on our plants which is basically just the moisture that's created from the compost yeah, the juices the rainwater. and the... some people do hose down their compost yeah. to make more compost tea and again this is just like you can lazy compost or you can like hardcore compost or you can be anywhere in between you really can't compost wrong i feel like and i'm sure somebody's going to come at me about that because you need nitrogen in this and blah blah and i'm here to tell you that it doesn't freaking matter it's all going to become dirt it's just how fast do you want to take right to break correct by adding those things or like hot uh, when you mow and you bag your grass and you put that on it's got heat because it's breaking down so that's going to help break down your all your vegetables and fruits and whatever else you throw in there it's going to help that break down quicker and you're going to make compost dirt faster in the summer than you are in the winter right so we started out with an ibc container and it did great and we had some really great stuff for this coming spring to put on our garden but we outgrew that and um now that we have and the other thing is we didn't have the means of moving the dirt so it was something that we could leave stationary one of us could get inside fill up a five gallon bucket sit in the wagon behind the four-wheeler and pull it to where we needed to now that i have a tractor that can move things we've decided that a spot on the ground <laughs> that's out of the way Sorry. Excuse you. Bless you. i was trying to be quiet about it always interrupting <laughs> so we now have a spot where we have a tractor with a loader and we have a spot on the property that i actually have two different piles i have our topsoil mushroom soil mix pile that we bought that we bought um that we use just to kind of top off well we we got it to when we extended our garden and then now it's just there if we need to top off any beds or if we're extending more and then i have two kind of uh compost piles one that's kind of like all but ready to get added to the dirt pile the soil pile and then one that's still fairly fresh and still need to be broke down i will go down with the tractor and back drag it out and kind of turn it up mostly My, just because he likes playing with the tractor and i feel that it helps you know get some of the stuff on the top down to the bottom and, and, and back dragging in. excites you what i'd love to do is, it does <laughs> what i'd love to do is make a, a bunker out of like railroad ties that when I go in and scoop in it's not falling out to the sides and I can kind of contain it better and what I would really like to be able to do is have a rototiller that I could have on the tractor that I could back in and really turn it and, and you know break it up into smaller pieces and just help make that process quicker we're not there yet and we may not be there at that point on that property it might be years down the road or maybe if we move it'll be it'll change um but you definitely want to you know put your compost bin where it's going to get the optimum sunlight the heat from the sun so it breaks down you don't want to put it back in the woods or back in a corner where it's always shady because it's just going to take that much longer for it to break down so you don't have to 
use a certain vessel. You know, we've used anything from pallets to we. I think we used a galvanized trash can for a mm -hmm. while that actually was labeled compost bin, and it had holes drilled in it or cut in it from the store that way. That only lasted like a year, maybe. It yeah. rusted out really quick. Um, so whatever means it works for you, you know, a 55-gallon drum, you know, plastic is going to last longer than steel. So that's what I've done. For Missy and Jeremy, I had another IBC container that the top was already cut out of. I didn't need that one, so when we came up here, I brought it with and gave it to them so that they had a spot that they could start doing because there was a spot on the property that the previous owners were using but with them having their dog anytime they dump something there the dog would go and start rooting around in there and eating it and then it might get sick and cough it up or throw it up so my thought was well if i could bring something for them that they could put in there that the dog can't get into then the dog's not getting in it and it's self-contained it looks a little nicer it's not this pile just sitting out where people can see it so we're gonna scoop up what is there from the previous owners and from what they've put there and put it in that bin so that it can get going and starting a while so that come spring you know they can start adding to it and you know maybe by the end of summer have some nice compost to go and missy had said well could i put some worms in it and absolutely because that'll just help uh, make the process go even quicker. And then when you do take that compost out and you put it in your garden, you're adding worms to your garden, which is just going to help make your garden healthier. So why don't you two talk a little bit about the worms and then Jeremy, you, or whatever, um, how you're going to work this dirt into, if it is good dirt by then, you might not have it till next year or whatever. So like kind of what your plans are as far as that compost, the worms and whatever, because I think worms are a really interesting conversation with no waste. And I think that especially people on like micro, micro homesteads can really make worms happen. Yeah. We, um, when we lived in Florida, we lived on, it wasn't even a quarter of a homestead. Quarter of a homestead. <laughs> <laughs> an acre. And, um, I wanted to do worms, and I went on, I think it's like Uncle Jim's Worm yeah. Farm or mm -hmm. something. I went Which, on oddly enough, is like an hour from Lancaster. Right. Yeah. And I did some research on the different ways you could. I had the tourney uh, compost bin, and you can buy worms to put in there, and I just, that thing was too complicated for me. It had like the two separate sides where you could flip-flop. I just, that was not my speed, so that just got sold with the house and <laughs> left there. With, um, but Enjoy. then I, I, I had gotten these. Um, little worm houses that you sit like in the middle of your raised bed and then you pile like all your dirt around it and then it has like a lid that twists off on the top and you can you put your worms down in that and um, it has holes out the side so you would put your compost in there the worms would do their worm thing and then they would go out through the holes like in search of water and whatnot and then they'd drop their casings and um, they'd aerate the the soil. the soil you know and do the things they do and then they'd come back to their little home so cool for it was so awesome um and then they'd eat again and just continue the process and like every 90 days they um have babies and you know just keep redeveloping and it was it was so cool to go out there and like away from the worm home to like dig up the dirt and there was a worm crawling and like knowing that we did that because, worm farming like, is so fascinating right, like, well and like you don't have to go out and buy one of those things. I've seen where you just oh, take yeah. PVC tubes, like a four-inch Schedule 40 PVC tube, drill holes in it, yeah. put a cap on it with a 
ability to take the cap off yeah. and do it for probably you could probably do twice as many for the cost of what you bought one right. for. Right. And like in Florida we weren't composting like nearly as much as we are now. So I would take out like our compost, we'd fill it like in a week. I'd take that out and I'd dump it in one of the bins. We had two separate bins. I'd dump it in one of the bins and then like take the compost thing back in, fill it back up. The next week I'd go out and do the other one and I would peek in on the first one and the worms have basically devoured all of the food and like it was just it was an amazing process. Um so we had worms on that scale and it all depends on like how many worms you have in your little house as to how quickly they're going to eat like your kitchen scraps. I, we did, it was a hundred worms per thing only because we didn't produce a lot of, we did produce a lot, but we threw away a lot. Um, well, compost. Well, going to depend on the, the time of year or how exactly. active they are too. And right. then my other worry was like they can only be like certain temperatures and it got really hot, especially like in our, in our raised bed area because it got direct sun from the time the sun came up till the time the sun went, went down. Um, so we would go out often and we'd have to like hose them down, you know, cool them down some. Um, but they survived. I mean, the whole time that we were there and had the garden, we had the worms and it is pretty fascinating and just to do some research on it and um, learn about it. And it was fascinating for the kids too. Like they thought it was the greatest it's a, thing. Such so, great school. Right. So I was just thinking, you know, with our IBC container, I'm like, oh, I should get some more worms and then that would help to break down because like come spring, we're going to have five to six um 12 foot long raised beds that i would i'm not gonna have that much dirt to fill but i would love to use some of the dirt that we made you know for our beds to well and when you're doing produce. raised beds look into doing whole whole yeah Google Google culture. culture yeah that's what because we that's gonna save on. you a lot in cost of yeah. dirt soil when you are starting out Right. So, Jeremy, talk about how you're going to work that compost in or, like, in the coming years, how you're going to work that compost in. Because some of this might be totally new to people. Like, they'd be like, okay, I composted all of my apples and my carrots, and now what do I do? Yeah, so probably in the long run, when we generate enough, uh, it would probably go into the raised beds. Because uh, they settle over over seasons. Yeah. Um, on a short, short term, it would probably go to the raised bed that's already established here on the property uh which is going to be our herb garden um it's smaller in size and i think that what we have now and when it's time to harvest the the compost uh that should be enough to at least get like an inch or so a top dress of, of top dressing yeah. on 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 that um but yeah long term uh, it'll, it'll go into our raised, raised beds. Um, and they may grow out of that IBC container. Oh, yeah. In yeah. the long term. Or they might have to just add on to that, you know, by putting another one or two or three containers up. Um, so something else I wanted to mention, too, just as far as the whole no waste and compost conversation goes, if you are raising, you know, rabbits or chickens or whatever. So I've talked a little bit before about how I do a deep litter method. So uh, Jeremy and Missy were down, I don't know, a couple weeks ago, a month ago, and helped us clean out all of our animal shelters. And that was the first time I had done it in almost a year. Um, and I have a video on YouTube about this and how that works. But all of that mess that came out of there went to the compost. So a lot of the stuff from the goats, we put in the garden. Um, 
and we put all those, Jeremy calls them blueberries, all the little goat turds we put in the garden. The raisinets. Um, so goats and rabbits have cold manure. So, and obviously I don't have any plants in there right now, so it wouldn't have mattered if I plopped it in there. But we dropped all of that kind of just bedding and goat turds and whatever um, into the garden. But you can put that into your compost, so that's a little bit more of a mass scale. I mean, you're talking a lot of stuff coming out, because I have like three chicken coops and the goat shed and the rabbit hutch and whatever. Um, but that's a really great way too. And like, again, to take it one step further, and I had a lot of fascination about this when I posted it this summer, Bud and I made rabbit tea, rabbit poop tea, or whatever you want to call it. Basically, I cleaned out her cage and we took one of our big, um, metal, we use them as brooders, but they're basically like water troughs yeah, and tractor supply. They're like counter, county line troughs. And I dropped that in there. I bud filled it with water. I let it sit for a week and then we kind of like sifted it out and we just put all that rabbit tea right on the garden garden and you know that's just again that's probably the extreme end of no waste like hey you're not wasting your rabbit turds like way to go kind of thing um but like on a smaller scale too I just wanted to mention like some really practical things that you could put into play so like if you're cooking bacon don't throw that bacon grease away you know pour it while it's still hot we found is the easiest pour it into a jar a container you know like Missy has a big Pyrex container on the counter right now that's full of bacon grease and when somebody wants some eggs they plop it in the pan you know instead of going to the spray or the oil because you bought the oil or you bought the spray you already have that bacon grease drop that in the pan make your potatoes your eggs or whatever um like we said about the strawberry tops i have a video on youtube also about my dehydrator it's a 150 dollars dehydrator if you're doing a bunch of strawberries or whatever cut all your strawberry tops off throw them on your dehydrator trays and then powder them and you can powder them with your blender or like obviously i love my vitamix i talk about it all the time missy has a ninja that works too um and you or your mill. Yeah, so Missy just did it with her Nutramill, um, which is her grain mill. We talk about that in the bread and noodle podcast. Um, but you can sprinkle that powder into yogurt or smoothies or whatever. There's just a million ways to... And I had this conversation with our friend Dan. Um, he was saying how they saved... Uh, I think they saved a carcass or something from a chicken or whatever. And they made bone broth from it. And Kim was talking mm-hmm. about this too this week. She saved her turkey carcass. She's like, I never thought about this before I kind of started following along with Missy and I and what we're doing. But, you know, she got a bunch of fat off of it. She got the broth from it. Um, all that stuff. Okay, did she get a ton? Maybe not. But that but was probably it's four... It's a two-person household. So right. It was enough That's why four containers of... Brought, right, she didn't have to buy. Like, yeah, better well, than nothing. And the other thing you can do too is like, if you cook up a, a pound of uh, ground beef, you're not going to save the grease from that like you would right. bacon grease. But especially like in the winter time, put some oats, just like what you'd make for oatmeal. Put that in there, and it sucks up the oats. The oats suck up the grease. You're not pouring it down your drain, which is terrible for your plumbing. You soak that up with those oats. Take that, throw it out in the yard. It'll feed the wildlife birds, and the the fatty acids that are in that grease help feed those birds during the wintertime when it's more scarce, and you're just helping wildlife and helping build a better nature around your your property and your homestead. Well, or like if you boil potatoes. I feed my potato water to my oh, chickens. Well, any, any pasta water, potato water, whatever. Anything. That we... 
So basically, I guess what we're saying in summary is that you just create, I am so fascinated by creating like a micro ecosystem on your homestead. And that's, that's really what you're doing is creating your own ecosystem, this constant revolving thing where, okay, I grew these eggs from my chickens. Now the shells are going into the garden. Now they're making me peppers. And then I'm feeding the pepper scraps to the chickens. And you just have this constant revolving ecosystem and it's, it becomes obsessive. I'm, I'm definitely in obsessive mode. It's my favorite, like, topic, probably. Um, so, as always, if you guys have questions about this kind of stuff, you want to have a conversation about it, let us know. We'll see you guys next time. Bye, friends.